0: church let me tell you something if you're in christ i'm talking to you this morning if you're here this morning you don't know jesus i'm not trying to single you out but i'm talking to those who are in christ this morning spirit lead me where my trust is without borders can we all just be honest in here for a moment we would say that as long as our faith is god calls us to go inside our borders we're good but when god calls us to step outside of that when god calls us to go from here to there that we often question that when all of us, you'll look back on something in your life and you'll see the hand of God pulled you from it. But when you get in the situation again, the next time you're like, "Well, well, Spirit, don't lead me out of this border." I mean, I, I trusted you there, but I'm here now. Will the same faith that worked back there work here? And it, I don't know if you're. I mean, listen. Can we just? We've heard this song and we've we've sang it. But it's powerful. Pull up the lyrics. Spirit, lead me. So where my trust is without borders. You do realize that this right here is what it takes to be a cross follower. Trust you, Jesus. I trust you that though none go with me, still I will follow. Though it doesn't make sense in the storm, I trust that you may not pull me out of it, but I believe you'll pull me through it. The next one. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me there again indication of going way out far way farther than my comfort zone and then the next one take me deeper than my feet could ever wander next this is probably it right here if you're in Christ somebody ought to just jump up through the roof right now and look and how my faith will be made stronger how read it with me in the presence of my savior let's try this again You read the last line with me. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. You do realize we are in the presence of the Savior right now. Not because of where we're at, but because of who we are. If you're in Christ, the Spirit is in you. And so the reality is, when you came to church this morning, you brought the church with you. You want your faith to be made stronger. You want to have that moment where you step outside of your boundaries. It's now, in the presence of your is how your faith is made stronger. I'm going to ask Priscilla to take us back into that spirit. Lead me. And I'm just going to ask you guys this morning just to believe with me that God's going to change somebody's life here this morning, that he's already working on it. I know there's sickness amongst us. There's addiction. There's financial problems. There are those who don't know Jesus here this morning. There are those who think they do. If we would all just be honest this morning, every one of us in here, our life is a mess. And if God doesn't show up today, when you leave at 12.15 or 12.30, depending upon how good I'm preaching, you're still gonna be a mess, amen? Let's ask God to take us deep. See, listen, you're at city, I'm preaching right now, Priscilla, I'm sorry. You're at a place where we don't wanna just start another church in our community. Because listen, our city has 30 churches alone in it, Jeff. We don't need another church. We need a movement of God, something of biblical proportion, something this city's never seen, something you've only dreamed about, something you could only read about in Acts chapter 2. Come on, I'm just preaching a little bit right now. Yeah, join me in believing it. Join me in believing that God will change somebody's life today. It can happen. But we must be led by the Spirit. Would you take us in that?
1: Without borders, let me walk upon the waters. Where.
0: prayer this morning is that God's Spirit would lead us farther than we could ever imagine. That He would take us deeper than we could ever wonder on our own. And what I'm convinced of is that there are hurting people here this morning. Matter of fact, let's just see if we can all get on the same page here, regardless of what denomination you prefer, regardless of how much money you just put in the offering plate, regardless of what kind of car you came here in. If there's something in your life and you need Jesus to help you with it, whatever it may be. Would you just raise your hand this morning? That's all of us. We're all a mess in Him. And I, I'm so excited to, to share God's Word with you today. I've been fired up about it. I am fired up about it. And while we're standing, I want us to take a moment to just read some Scripture together from the end of the message. This morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. And I want us to read verses 31 and 32 to kind of sit up where we're going today and jesus said he answered them he was asked why is he after certain people and he said the healthy people don't need a doctor sick people do those who didn't raise your hand this morning you're suggesting that you don't need jesus and that's okay if you believe that but those of us who did we're the sick verse 32 jesus said i have come not to call those who think they are righteous but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. We're all a mess, and we all need Jesus to show up in our lives today. I'm so excited to share the Word of God with you. You guys ready to hear a Word from God this morning? Are you ready? Can we celebrate that? You can be seated. Good morning, it's been already. What a good morning it's been already. Hey, if this is your first time here, uh I know what you're doing you're trying to figure us out, and you're trying to figure me out, and that's okay. But we always say this don't judge us for how we do church and we won't judge you for judging us. Fair enough? Good. For some of you like, no, that's not fair. I want to judge you. I wanna judge you, and I don't want you to judge me back. Hey, so listen, man, spirit this morning lead us where our trust is without border. Uh, This morning if our faith is going to grow stronger It's now in this moment in the presence of our savior We've been in this series called the table and the tables we're talking about We think that's where families gather. That's where life happens. It's where community is built Uh, This lady here in the front Tammy Parker. She helped see some of you guys actually grew up She was kind of like a second mom to me and uh, I'll really I think every it didn't matter if we were eating peanut butter sandwiches I think we always sit at Tammy's table. It's just where families gathered I'll never forget it and we think that's where life happens. That's where community is built. It's where friendships are made. It's where loved ones share things. And we also simultaneously are saying the table is church. It's community of believers. So here again, I don't want to single you out if you don't know Christ, but I want to invite you to the table this morning to, to be a part of what God's doing. And just to kind of a, a quick recap, which by the way, if you missed any of our messages, you can always check those out on our website, uh, podcast at or If you're an iTunes kind of person, you can check that out. But a quick recap to, to kind of set up the context where we're at. In week one, we talked about if we're going to gather around the table, we've got to set the table. And basically what we talked about is if you're going to have company over for a meal, the two basic things you have to have are some dishes and some food. The same with Christianity, you've got to have repentance and confession of your sins. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus if you're going to be at the table with the community of believers the second week we talked about Christ at the table and how he when Christ was at the table he instituted the Lord's Supper and basically what he showed the church was sacrificial grace and ultimately what that resulted in was Acts chapter 2 where this these believers the first church they lived this irresistible life of love and grace and community it said that they met daily and so Christ showed us that there was something we can't live without and basically that is him and we in turn should show that to others. And then in week three, which was last week, which has been my favorite week so far, and we talked about invited to the table. And for those of you who were here last week, um, I think we just showed that there are real people. We we had people gather up on stage and talked about when that cross came for what I like to say lottie dottie everybody, not just those who are Baptists, not just those who are catholic not just those who are rich or come from a wealthy family that he even came for the least of these and we had people line up on stage that struggled with bitterness and pornography and people had served time in prison and people couldn't uh, find their identity in anybody else not in christ they looked for everybody else and we just showed that everybody's invited to the table so i say that to say this this morning because everybody is invited to the table that salvation is not just for one person it's going to get messy It's going to get messy. In fact, I believe this and said this multiple times. If we could all throw our problems into the middle of a pile right here, one, we would be shocked to see what other people are going through, and then two, we'd realize that our problems aren't so bad, and we'd pick ours right back up, put them in our back pocket, and head on down to Taco Bell for fourth meal. Um, We all have problems. We all have problems. And one thing that we want to say here at City Lights is this, is that we are just committed to being authentic, and that starts from me as your pastor. Being authentic. And I make no bones about mistakes I've made and and my flaws because I am human just like you. And we want you to know this, that the table gets messy when people are involved. The table gets messy. Community gets messy. Life gets messy. Marriage gets messy. Kids gets messy. And church is messy. Don't think the church is exempt from problems. You know why? Because people like you attend churches. So they're like, ooh, He's mean. It's the truth. It's truth. When people are part of anything, it's going to get messy. And I think, basically, what I want you to understand is this, is that we are messy people, but God loves us in our mess. Do you know those people who, you ever go out to eat with people or eat at home, and people, they eat food, and it's just like so disgusting, it doesn't even make you want to eat anymore. You know, just like animal eating. You're like, dude, listen, there's there is more potato and beans you can slow down. You know, um, they're just so, it's like, Repulsive. It makes me. I can't stand to hear people chomp either. Like when they chew gum and eat chips. I'm like two seconds away from suicide. Seriously, I know it's terrible, but I can't. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'm like Jesus, come now, quickly. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I, Ariel, she's back in City Kids. If you drop some kids off, she's back there taking care of them. Which, by the way, we've got an incredible kids ministry back there. We got a great director, Leslie Allen. They're just sacrificing and they're blowing it up back there. But yeah, you know, we were sitting at home, and, and we've got a little girl. She's three year old. Her name's Harper. She's three and a half, and for those of you who remember having your three-year-old, or those who have three-year-old, you realize that Harper's at this stage where you don't have to necessarily tend to her every single second of every single day. Like in our house, we can basically we can kind of let her roam from room to room a little bit. Now you you can't wait like fifteen minutes before you go check on her, but you know you've got a couple minutes to breathe, watch some Doctor feel or you know whatever, catch a, you know whatever you whatever you're doing. And so we're sitting in the living room the other day, and I start hear, we start hearing this little sound like a chipmunk in the kitchen. And she's in like getting snacks these days, always wanting a snack, no matter what time of day it is. And she was like, you know, Daddy, can I have a snack? And you know, just kind of ignoring her. Well, about five minutes later, she comes into our living room, and I took a picture of it, and I should have brought it, but I'm telling you, from her forehead to her chin was just covered in chocolate, and her hands looked like she just dipped them in chocolate. And I said, Harper, have you been eating something? And she said, no, Daddy. <laughs> I said, are you sure? She said, no, Daddy. Her mess was very obvious. What she had done is actually, we were into chocolate milk at the Wheels Casa, and she had went in and ate the powdered chocolate Nestle Quicks mix. That's, I know, it's gross. I don't even know how she swallowed that powder. It was just so gross. Somehow she got it all over her face, but it's kind of like this. So you often, you can't see your mess in your life, but it's a lot easier for you to see Mine. Vice versa, I can point out your mess a lot quicker than you can. Harper, she was, she didn't, no, she didn't even know she had chocolate all over her face. But the reality was, her mess was blatantly obvious. Oh, you know those people? Maybe I hope you're not sitting beside one of them. Don't elbow them. But their mess, it's just so obvious. They're a hot mess all the time. they you know, whatever they're going through, they're they're just dramatic. Their life is is messy. And that's all of us. In fact, I don't think you can't read the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament and see where Jesus, where God, he, never, he always picked messy people to accomplish his perfect will. That's what gives me confidence as this pastor, not because of my great past or because of my theological education, but because what God is doing in me is what he's done from eternity. What he did yesterday is what he's promising he'll do today. And I reside in the fact that he'll do it tomorrow. Now, if you're not a biblical scholar, you've probably at least heard of a bunch of these. There's all time on Facebook going around, but you see that God uses messy people. We know that Noah was a drunk. and I mean, you think about, listen, let's just kind of get away from like even the drugs and alcohol perspective. You think about the disciple Peter, Katie, who he looked at the Lord Jesus in his eye and said, No, I don't know you. But just months, maybe years earlier, even moments, said that he would die for him. That's messy. That's messy to look at the Savior of the world and not say, no, I I don't know you. I don't know you. You think about the Apostle Paul. You can't mention anything in the Bible, I think, without Paul specifically in the New Testament. Basically, the man murdered Christians, and then all of a sudden he becomes a Christian. We talked about this last week. Could you imagine what it was like when Paul became a Christian, the very first prayer meeting with him and all the disciples, and he's like, hey, I'm a Christian now. I just murdered Stephen like two weeks ago, but I'll lead us in prayer. And I guarantee you that first prayer, like no hours closed when Paul was praying. like, I don't trust this guy. Because he's a mess. He's a mess. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, church. We don't need, the church doesn't need another system. The church needs a Savior. We don't need to put people through a system. We need to point them towards the Savior. We don't need to call out their mess. We need to show them the Messiah. You see it time and time again, specifically with drugs and alcohol, and I'm not knocking anybody that's been in here for this, but people go through these 28-day rehab programs, and what happens is they come back out, and on day 32, they're just as high as they were on day one. You bring Pharisees to the church. You bring religion to the church. And we basically, we are factories, what the church is. And what comes in, whatever we produce goes out. We don't need a system. We need the Savior to show up. Come on, that's good, somebody. I know it is. We need a Savior. And you can't read the Bible. Here's the good news. Listen, if you think that you're high and mighty, I'm going to hurt your feelings today. Probably. Jesus said, if you exalt yourself, I'll humble you. But those who humble themselves, he'll exalt. You can't see in the Bible, you can't read it without Jesus looking and and we see that he hangs out with notorious sinners, prostitutes, drunkards. Let me ask you something. What kind of people do you hang out with? Well, I hang out with the Christians who read their Bible every day and we're studying Isaiah last week. You should have Christians in your life, but you ought to have messy people in your life as well. You ought to have messy people in your life as well. Here's the question I want us to deal with. Here's the tension I want us to go as we dive into this message. And we've only got a couple scriptures. The question I want us to answer today is this Does God love me even though my life is a mess? Now, those of you who raised your hand, you, needed, you admitted there was a need for Christ. I want us to struggle with this tension and answer this question Does God love me even in my mess? Does God love me even in my mess? I want to dive into some scripture this morning. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Luke chapter 5. If you don't, uh, you can turn on your phone and follow with me, or you can read up on the screen. If you need a Bible, uh, there was a time in my life I didn't have one, and somebody gave me one. We've got them out there at the Next Steps table. We'd love to give you a free Bible. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning. Quickly, I just want to kind of set up the context with you as we talk about the messy table. Jesus has just healed a bunch of people. He's forgiven a bunch of people. And now he's going to come across this man named Levi. You would know him as Matthew. And I think it's going to depict a great illustration how messy people are loved by Jesus. And I think we'll see the answer to the question, does God love me in my mess? Let's dive in quickly and let the word of God reign supreme this morning. We're in Luke chapter 5, verse 27. So Jesus is traveling. He's been healing people. It says, later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Verse 28. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. How many of you remember growing up in your neighborhood or during recess at elementary school, you remember playing sports and there was two team captains? Remember that you know what I'm talking about? What kind of people did the team captains always pick? The best, right? The best players until some poor souls picked last, and you realize, okay, this is the most terrible person at kickball right here. You, you know, and it's like the walk of the shame, or, you know, okay. We still do that as adults, really, though. We still have the same mentality because, I mean, who do we want to associate with? The winners. Those who are educated. Those who are wealthy. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I have friends who I feel like are educated. Certainly make more money than I do. But what we see Jesus doing is what every Christ follower should do. See, what you, don't, you may not understand, this may, some of you may know, is Levi or Matthew was a tax collector. And we've talked about this here before at City Lights. Tax collectors were basically, they were despised by everybody. Because what the Romans would do, that was who was in control of Palestine, They would basically go pick these people, these Jews, and say, hey, listen, we'll give you a portion of the money that you extort from people, basically. The Romans didn't want to tie up their personnel, so they would go to people and say, hey, if you'll sit here and collect this money, we'll give you a portion of it. And so Levi would have been despised by everybody, but then one day a Savior came walking by, not a system, and said, hey, Levi, I know that nobody really cares for you. I know that you're despised by culture, but why don't you follow me? And what I love about this, this picture of, of Jesus calling Levi is that there are no prerequisites, really. I mentioned earlier the prerequisite is trust. Really, that comes simultaneously when, when you experience God's grace, grace faith, slash trust. But notice that Jesus, when he comes to Levi, he doesn't say, Hey, listen, are you reading your Bible every day? Uh, are you going to Sunday school? Now, listen, you should read your Bible. But Jesus doesn't say, hey, are you doing all these things, all these religious things? He says, just come follow me. That, my friends, is the gospel where you don't put expectations on people other than just say, come follow me. You don't put them through a system and say, hey, you've got to be this way. Your marriage better be in order. You better be acting this way. You better work 40 hours a week. Jesus said, no, I'll go to the least of these and make them first. And what happens when you bring people like that to the table, it gets messy. It gets very, very messy. I love that Jesus, this is a great picture of him telling us that we don't have to clean up our act before we come to him. I meet people all the time, invite them to church, and they'll say things like this. Oh, man, my life's too messed up to come there. Well, listen, that's exactly why we started this church. According to what I read in the Old Testament, that's why Jesus came and died on the cross, because humanity was a mess and divinity had a plan. So it's fitting that messy people be in the church. And I don't say this to be like, I'm not one of those hellfire, brimstone, you know, walk out of here, beat you up kind of preachers. But if if people would just leave here and you would recognize that your need for Jesus is completely dependent upon Him showing up in your life, not what you do today. If you would stop comparing yourselves towards humanity and look towards divinity, you would see that we're all the same in God's eyes, regardless of our background or how much money is in our bank account. Messy people. Verse 29. So later on, Levi held a banquet in his home. He invited Jesus to the table as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. Verse 30. But the Pharisees, these are the religious people, the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Let me be honest with you, church. There are Pharisees in the church today. You say you love Jesus, but it would piss you off if this preacher, this preacher went down and hung out at the, the bar today. You, you, you know what you do? You get on Facebook and you post something about me and try to break my family up. I'm preaching the truth. So it leads me to believe if a modern-day John the Baptist came walking by wearing this animal clothing, eating locusts and honey, you'd be offended and call him psychotic. But Jesus says, hey, he was the best man born and a woman. Come on, I'm about to get Ace Ventura up in here preaching. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about here, getting messy with people. I love the Pharisees, and, and can we just I want to just make sure that we understand that there are Pharisees in the church today. These are people who, listen to me, they give. They know the Bible. They often attend church faithfully. But there's this big contrast between, see, look, just look at some of these words. There's Pharisees, religious, law. All these are contrasts to Jesus. I love it. They say, why do you eat with such scum? But here, this is what's awesome about the Pharisees is they're sitting at the exact same table Jesus is. They look down at him they're like, hey, why are you eating with all these people? And they're sitting there with him as well. It's you this morning. Your life's messy too. Some of you are going to walk out of here and you're going to be like, I didn't really like him talking about me like that. (laughs) And that'll be okay. You're just naive. You're just naive. Oftentimes we don't want to associate with those who are these people who are the least of these, who are messy, who are dramatic, who are drug addicted, who can't take their eyes off the computer screen while their wife's gone. Because you're afraid that'll affect your identity. Let me tell you something. If you're in Christ, you should have Christian friends. That's kind of what we're talking about. You need that community of believers, Jessica. You need it. That's why you should gather on church on Sunday mornings or whenever it is, to be in the community of believers, But if you're concerned, listen, you're so concerned about your image, you may want to remind yourself of what Jesus looked like on the cross when he died for you. It was bloody, and it was messy. You need to stop worrying about what people think about you. Let news flash for the people-pleasers. There's freedom when you carry that crap off of you. When you just live... You ought to have cross follower friends, but you ought to be getting down and dirty with those who are messy. And let me tell you something. If Jesus was concerned about being guilty by association, he would have never left heaven. If Jesus was concerned about being guilty by association, he would have never saved you. And we're supposed to be Christ-like, right? Things get messy. Things get messy. I can look at you some right now, and you're... You're messy, I can tell. We're all messy. If Jesus was concerned about it, I can tell you for sure he wouldn't have saved this, this man. God's favor wouldn't be on this church if he was concerned about an identity crisis. Takes on to verse 31 as we kind of pick back up. So they've asked this question, why do you eat with scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do, leave us there. Do you know why God's not showing up in your life? One reason is because you're not admitting that you're sick and you need him. You're trying to do everything on your own. I've got this. Listen, you're dependent upon a system. You're not dependent upon the Savior. There's something humiliating. There's something that opens up our heart and allows the Spirit to come in when we confess before God, I am broken and I am messy. There's freedom in it. And also this, when you admit your mess, people can embrace you a lot easier. Maybe you know somebody, I can't stand someone. Listen, we're all hypocrites, okay? We're all hypocrites to an extent. But listen, I'm much more likely and willing to embrace someone who is a hot mess than someone who is a hot hypocrite and acts like they got it together. You know what I mean? You know those people, you've got them in your family, you're sitting here with them today, you're, they brought you here, you're going out to eat with them later on. They act like they have it together and you just can't stand it. If they just admit that they're a, a, a freaking mess, you just embrace them. There's something about when we're transparent. And Jesus says, listen, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. I mean, you're sitting here this morning, and you have everything together. You're, you're looking good. You're feeling good. And your car's running good. And, and things are going good in life. But you're missing out on the Savior because you're telling him, hey, I'm healthy. I really don't need you. And Jesus said it's the sick. Verse 32. I love this. He says, I have come to call not those who say this with me who think. Let's try it again. I have come to call those not who Think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. My friends in here this morning, whether you want to know it or not, you can think you're righteous, but the reality is that we all need to repent of something. We all need to repent of basically when we compare ourselves to glory, we fall short every single time. If you would stop comparing yourself this way and you you look at your person to the left, to the right, you feel like you've got it going on because they have some bad things going on. But if you look at it this way, you realize you have nothing going on unless he shows up in your life today. You have nothing going on unless he shows up. And so what we see here is the table that it gets messy. It gets messy when people come on. What happens? You get your feelings hurt. You get let down People let you down. You get distracted. It gets messy. Hearts get broken. Lives get devastated. But we see from the beginning that Jesus intentionally went after a messy person like Levi. Notice that out of every person that Jesus called, he never went down to the temple complex He went to those who was despised like Levi. He went to ordinary fishermen like Peter, James, and John, and Andrew. Here's the bottom line. Jesus didn't come to make messy people tidy. He came to redeem sinners. See, I want to make sure that we understand when I say redeem sinners is that from Genesis chapter 1 we were intended to spend eternity with the Savior in harmony perfection and then Adam and Eve sinned and that created a chasm that separated us from God. Well, what happened when Jesus went up on the cross and he defeated death on the third day, that cross now becomes the bridge back to God. And so, see, we were deemed to be with God. We became separated through sin, and then it deemed us towards an eternal separation from God. I love Lecrae. He said, if we fought for our rights, we'd be in hell tonight. But what Jesus does, he's not come to tidy you up. He's come to redeem those who are sick. When you can begin to admit, I'm just a sick individual, and Jesus, I need you. If you don't show up today, things are not going to be okay. Then you can be redeemed. You can be Restored. You got to focus on the size of your God, not the size of your problem. You got to focus on the Messiah, not the mess. And it starts by being authentic. What we do sometimes. We come to Jesus and we we come with our relationships and we're like, all right, here I am. I'm I'm nice and tidy and got everything together. I'm, I'm ready to go, Spirit, wherever you'll lead me. As long as I can, you know, be comfortable and take take my stuff. I mean, I, I want my faith to be made stronger, but. Um, And I really like it being made strong right here. That's okay with you. And so we come to God. And we act like this. Hey, everything, listen, everything is neatly packed in here. Jesus, my relationship with you. I mean, everything, listen, you can't, what I love about this is a picture of, just like humanity, you see on the outside and you think you know what's on the inside until you open it up, right? This morning, many of you, you you look like this suitcase. Look like things are fine, and we know what to expect on the inside. Some of you came in here, you're wearing a a wedding ring. Some of you came in here with friends, so we know that people like you. And some of you came here driving nice cars, so we assume that you have money. But then we open up, and we see that really, you're messy. You're, You're messy this morning. See, we we come to God and we act like everything's okay and we just we bring this bag and we want everybody to think, hey, I've got it together, really, honest, I mean, it's fine. But you're really falling apart. You got things going on in your family that you would never stand on this stage in a bit. And then you just kind of shrug it off. Well, I mean, that's a lie. People are going to have problems. I mean... I kinda have it together really, for the most part. I mean, maybe you're sitting here like, hey, I'm not even married and I don't even like my family. Listen, church, what I'm fixing to say is not legalism, it is biblical truth. Because you can't manage your money through the week when that offering plate went by, you throw in what you could or you let it go by. You're struggling you're struggling you're wondering how you're going to pay the lot bill how you're going to pay rent it's a mess see from the outside this thing looks we look fine but when we open it up we realize that every one of us in here we're a mess someone's burned you in the past and you can't get over it there's someone right now who's hurt you deeply And you're carrying that grudge everywhere you go. You can't let it go. It eats you up inside. You miss God's joy because you want to hang on to this. You're a mess. Some of you in here, you're thinking, hey, listen, I pray. I read my Bible. I do tithe, Pastor. I even raise my hands during worship. I'm all about the systems, but your life is a mess too your life is a mess too because you put your faith in a system not the Savior I can see it on some of your eyes you're getting it Mm -hmm. others of you you're like you know what your problem is you're naive and I'm going to show you this and I pray the Spirit convicts your heart. You're a mess. You're a mess. But God tells you this. Come follow me. I don't care. Religion says, change, and you can join us. Jesus says, follow me, and you'll change. Change. Others of you in here this morning, this is causing a wedge in your family. Once upon a time, it caused a a wedge in mine. And I want to make sure that when I say you're a mess when it comes to this, I'm not talking about alcoholism or narcotics. For some of you, you're addicted to the attention of somebody. Your identity is not in Christ. You're always looking for a man or woman to satisfy you. You're not ever happy alone because you need someone to show you love. You're Addicted to attention. And Jesus is just sitting at the table saying, Hey, come follow me. Come follow me. Be my disciple. And and what I love about the picture of Levi is that it says he left everything. It doesn't say he had everything in order. Everything perfect, then followed Jesus and just said that he was willing to, to leave everything. And then finally there are those of you in here this morning you've seen everything and you're like, "You know what Pastor, that's you're pretty good. You're pretty good, but these things really don't apply to me. Well, I've got you covered too. You're a mess. You're a mess Jesus did not come to tidy you up. He came to redeem you in your brokenness. He came to make something beautiful out of your life. This morning, today, if we could just all admit our need for Jesus, what do you think would happen in your homes? What do you think would happen in this community if you left here today and you're just like, you know what, God, I am broken? You'd start treating people differently you probably start loving Jesus more when you realize how much he has to love you in spite of yourself. And see, then once you've experienced that grace, once you've emptied your baggage, once there's nothing in there anymore, then we can say, Spirit, lead me or my trust is without borders because I no longer have anything bearing me down. Hey, you think I'm joking, but I just realized this message is for me this morning. Would you pray with me? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Here we sit, God, a bunch of messy individuals, and we're so grateful that you choose people in spite of our mess God and God it may be fair to say that if it's the sick who need a doctor that you choose us because of our messiness God that you would be glorified through us God there sit people in this room and every one of them going through something we are all going through things God help us just to be open this morning to your word, spirit lead us and and trust us God that we won't lead on an understanding that we don't have everything figured out God yes our life is a mess and we struggle with the reality of that but let us give it all to you God trusting that you're going to make something beautiful out of our mess God you be glorified through this body of people here this morning in Jesus name amen we do something here at city lights hang with this church that we call reflection time and it's just that we just want you to reflect upon what you've heard there's no pressure to make you do anything you don't want to do we're not asking you going to pray a prayer that you don't understand we're not going to ask you to come forward and single you out though you're welcome to come forward and pray we just want you to reflect upon your experience here this morning the word of god the worship your experience with volunteers from the time you pulled in God's shown you, what do you need to reflect on? Would you stand as we sing this last song? Spoke this morning through the proclamation of his word, through worship, and through your experience this morning. Can we just celebrate that if you believe God spoke?